What is good, everybody? Happy uh, holiday weekend or whatever you're at in the world. Hope you're celebrating something. Celebrate life. Celebrate living. It is time for another episode of Operation Gun in History. I'm your host, Jeff, a.k.a. Fogey. We're about to dive into two very wonderful, well-paced, action-packed episodes. Gotta go with the housekeeping real quick. Y'all already know the drill. Make sure you're following the show, liking the show, subscribe to the show, sharing the show, commenting. Please rate and comment on your platforms of choice. That helps with visibility. More visibility means more eyes. More eyes means potentially new sponsors and stuff like that. So we can get some more ads in here. And by more ads, I mean a different app besides uh, the uh, anchor one that I have every single episode. And number two, make sure you are keeping up with the show. I understand the podcast is appetizing and exciting and everything you want in life. However, you're going to get lost if you're not watching the episodes. Every week I have the episodes posted where you can watch them in the description of the show. If you're having trouble, you can find it there. I'm not going to tell you what you can and can't do to access the shows, but make sure you're watching and following along. That way you're not lost. And finally, I'm pump faking you here. Enjoy the episode. We're about to dive into episode 28 and 29 after this ad by our lovely platform of choice, Anchor, powered by Spotify. See you after the ad break, y'all. Thank you once again to our wonderful sponsor, Anchor, and of course... Nolo for the fabulous intro music that we hear every episode of Operation Gundam History. That is right. We're here to talk about episodes 28 and 29. But you know what comes before 29? 28. The tragedy in Jabro or Jaboro, depending on how you pronounce it. Pronounce it. I feel like in the later stuff, it's pronounced Jabro. And like, I think from Dragon Ball Z, I say Jabro. Don't ask me why Dragon Ball Z and Jabro are connected, but that's how my brain works. Um, we finally make it through South America. Unfortunately, we did lose Miharu, and Kai is still down. In fact, Kai is so down that there's these pretty butterflies flying across the screen. He doesn't even pay attention to them. He's just so sad. Very, very sad. Real quick, before I dive too deep into the episode, I just remembered... This episode's action-packed. Like, the whole first half is a pretty good build. They don't really have anything we haven't seen before, minus one to two conversations that we get with new characters. That does a lot of foreshadowing, and also the episode title gives a lot of it away. We get a lot of action after the break, and it just kind of doesn't let up, which is really good, which is really cool. This episode's really slow place to start with, but there's not a lot of growth and talking points for this episode. We're back to the episode now. Char's been following the base, and they realize on their little radar or whatever that the base has disappeared because white base goes under underground. They officially made a job, bro. Our crew has finally made a job, bro. They've, they're officially part of the team, part of the operation, everything. So as they're getting you know debriefed and off the ship and whatnot, white base is going to get some upgrades. And they run to this guy named Lieutenant Woody. Woody's like, oh, hey, what's up, Bright? I'm really interested in this guy named Amro, pilot of the Gundam. Where is he? And to his surprise, Amro's this punk-ass teenager that's the pilot of the Gundam. Which goes back to the whole everybody in this war, at least in the white base, they are not your stereotypical soldiers. So nobody knows how to react or respond when they see that, oh, 
these are literal children fighting with our jets and our mobile suits and our latest technologies out there. All right. As that's going on, we learn about the new suit, the the Zoc. I think it's the ZM-10 is the the shorthand for it or the, the number for it. But the nickname is the Zoc. It's an upgraded amphibious suit, and it looks pretty sick, not going to lie. It looks really sick. But they are tasked, this is with Shard and their people, Shard and his people. They are tasked to go and find Jabro and find where the base is to, you know, get their attack going. Omro, after that, they all have to go and get their physicals done, which I have a clip here that's a little interesting. Thanks a lot, I appreciate it. I never expected a physical examination to be such a chore. You said it. <clears throat> you were in there for a very long time, Amaro. There isn't a problem, is there? No way. They were all busy checking brainwaves and taking lots of x-rays and stuff. Same with you, right? Huh? Hey, Kai. They told me I'm very healthy and mentally sound, so just leave it at that. I have to say, I really wish we had this kind of medical facility on White Base. This There's place is everything. Hey, come back! Here, cats, let's keep it down. You're not gonna find nothing wrong with us, okay? No cavities, good. That's great. What's important about this clip is that it hints at the brainwave functions and scanning because we learned that they are eventually they're gonna be called new types. We're gonna learn what that is later in the series, and they're making sure that they're not only physically sound but mentally sound as well because piloting those suits those particles do mess with your brain and how you interact with the world and whatnot which we're gonna see and hear some cool shit later and in fact if you were here when we did op um gundam the origin we did learn about some stuff that was hinted at visually and never really explored but we're about to explore that shit in a couple episodes most likely and if not now, we have Zeta Gun coming up real soon to talk about. That happens. They talk about the evals, and Amra's like, yeah, you guys have to get that done too, right? And of course, Kai being Kai with his little smugness walking off. After that happens, Amra goes and finds Woody, and we have this conversation here. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> Lieutenant Woody. Oh, hello, Amaro. Uh, aren't you going to get some rest, Lieutenant? Unit leader is an unfair deal. I was getting a little bored, so I thought I'd see if there's anything I could do to help out. The best thing you can do while you're here is leave it to us. I, I'm sorry, sir. Um, Lieutenant, did you know Ms. Matilda very well? Did I know her? After Operation Odessa, we were to be married. You were going to get married? Matilda had hoped to have the White Base crew attend our wedding since we expected you to arrive at your borough in time for it. Uh, is that true, Lieutenant? I didn't even know she was engaged. I'm very sorry. Hmm? If I'd only known how to fight better using Gundam, she'd still be alive. If I was a better pilot, I know you can never forgive me. That's the most conceited thing I've ever heard. Knock it off. Uh -huh. 
Even the Gundam has its limitations. You alone can't win the war, nor could you have saved Matilda. It's not that simple. But, but... A pilot has done his job right if he has fought to the best of his abilities and tried not to do anything during his battles that he would later regret. Sir... I do admit, I care a great deal about White Base because I know Matilda really loved this ship. I'm doing everything in my power to give it the best care. Yes, sir. So you see, our best is really all we can do. With this conversation, young Omron learns the sad reality that every woman you talk to in your life is most likely in a relationship. Sorry, Amro, join the crew. No matter what we do in life, the women we come across that we really click with are likely married in a committed relationship or about to get married. And God damn it, he found out the hard way that Matilda was going to get married. Imagine flying and doing all that stuff thinking that, oh man, I'm doing this for her. I'm doing this for her. When she's like, I'm getting married in like a couple months after this shit's over with, bro. Doesn't have a heart to tell him, obviously, because he's a kid. He's a young one. But I find that funny that it just kind of shocks him. And then he tries to take the blame and wants Woody to get mad at him. And Woody's like, bro, you did your job. Like, Matilda did her job. You did the best you could. Sometimes this stuff is unavoidable. And he's very... Woody is more upset that Amro's being selfish. Which he pretty much says that in the speech. And not just be like, dog, it's okay. It happens. And so... That's a little moment from Amuro to try to grow from and not be taking on the weight of the world, which is a common thing we see with Amuro, is that he wants to be everybody's savior, and he has to learn that he can't. And Woody is like, dog, it is okay. just, just It's fine. It's, it's, I'm sad, but it's fine. We have a job to do. But the Zok is on the move. We cut to a scene where Bright is talking to these commanding officers with Mirai. They're officially part of the Tenement fleet. I believe I said that correctly. And they are not going to get penalized for having civilians and being civilians that were on that plane. One of the officers makes a jab at Mirai talking about, oh, we, you know, because of your father, X, Y, and Z, because I believe her dad was not only a politician, but he might have been on the board of Anaheim Electronics, the makers of mobile suits and whatnot. Don't quote me on that. I'll double check it. I will not insert it in this episode, but I'll insert it later. But her father was really involved with how the Federation became to be. Of course, they could do the whole thing like, ah, because your dad, X, Y, and Z, which kind of belittles her because Mirai has grown to be a great leader and a, a great soldier of, on her own. And I think that's unfair to categorize her because of her dad. Fighting kicks off. Shard and them start launching their attack. They drop some missiles and everything. White base is currently not operational because it is being upgraded. However, Gundam and all the other mobile suits have had their repairs done. They're ready to rock and roll. They start shooting off and everything, getting ready to get prepared for the attack. And we see our little buddies, the RGM-79 GM, or the GEMS for short. Just the mass-produced version of the mobile suit Gundam. Not nearly as powerful, not nearly as smart. Kind of dripless if you ask me, but it gets the job done. It gets the goddamn job done. And it's a good ship to use and a good suit to use in Gundam Evolution, which when that game drops, free to play, by the way, you should, you should play with me. Play it on PC. Probably Xbox as well when the homies hop in. Command Center realizes that White Base has been followed and they're kind of like, damn, this White Base keeps getting us in trouble, which is a common theme, but it's not just anybody. 
that's followed them. It's Shar. Shar Aznabal followed them. And Shar wants not necessarily blood, but I think he wants a rematch with, with Amra, more or less. And as they're about to breach, they realize, oh, there's two entrances. Shar in uh, his home is like, hey, we're going to take the back. I'll take the front. And thus the attack, the breach begins. Kai snaps and takes out a whole gog by himself, which, by the way, Kai has had the biggest growth. I'm glad they gave him his two episodes of shine and they kept it consistent, allowing him to grow and be mature. And he's not just being the cowardly, cocky Kai. He's still cocky, don't get me wrong. However, he is more focused and determined and has more of a goal and a good mindset, good mental, to actually participate in this war versus how it was before where he was just kind of like, I'm just here because I have to be. So good on them for allowing Kai to have some real growth in this situation and in this series. As the fighting happens, uh, Sela and Amro realize they should go around back because that's where two people, you know, breach from. And as they pull up, they convert to Gundam, and then he realizes that it's a red suit, which means it can only be one person. Shar. That's right. We get Shar versus Amro round whatever the fuck it is at this point in time. And it wasn't even like a long battle. It was just a quick scrap. Um, Woody comes in in a hovercraft and puts some supporting fire and damages some of the cameras on Shar's ship, which thus then causes Woody to get smoked. Um, so he meets the same fate as his lovely Matilda, and they get to have a lovely relationship in the grave beyond. Unfortunately, because of this, Shar gets away because Amro finds the Zok. The Zok is trying to take him out and distract because Shar's like, hey, my cameras are out. And of course, Amro being Amro one shots him. Earlier in that scene, Shar complimented saying that he got a lot better. And Shar's not even in his actual Zaku. He's in one of the like modified gogs, apparently. And still fast as hell. Still putting in all that work and whatnot. We got to pour it out for Woody as he got utterly destroyed by Shar, like I just mentioned. And uh, here's this last clip for this episode for us to listen to. I can't believe Lieutenant Woody was a casualty. I guess his love for the white base was even greater than our own because of what happened to Lieutenant Matilda. It seemed like that to me. Yes. Men can't let things go. They get childish, but I kind of like that. You think that's true? Uh... Oh, and Char's after us again. Huh? <gasps> Char was there too? Did you see him? No. I only saw a red mobile suit, but I'm positive that it was the Red Comet. My favorite part of this clip is that Amro casually drops that, oh yeah, Char's after us again. Like, they're all talking about Woody passing away and being sad, and then, oh, also, Char's back. It's not like Char is like your friend or a homie or somebody you go get drinks with. They're like, you know, high school rival or who was injured or whatever. It's, no, this guy's out to kill you guys and has his own mission. And you just casually say, oh yeah, he's back. He's a red suit, can't confirm it, which everybody knows the red suit means Char is at the battlefield anyway. But yeah, he's after us again. Sayla has the most appropriate reaction by dropping her drink, because obviously that's her brother, and she had no idea where he was. And just, now we have a whole new chapter, and a whole new round of fighting to go to. I'm glad Char's back, because when Char's around, things get interesting. I do appreciate that 
they have paced the Char v. Amro fights really well. I will say in the beginning of the series, we had, what, like five or six rounds of them fighting in the first ten episodes. We've gone a pretty good distance in the series without them fighting and sharping around. So I'm ready for them to have a couple battles, but I hope they space it out well. Because we got a lot of episodes to get through. Because we still have Zeta Gundam, and then, Z- then ZZ Gundam to get through as well. We're going to go wrap this episode up and get ready to roll over to episode 29. A Wish of War Orphans. Hey, y'all, before we hop into episode 29, I just want you to know this is a re-recording. I had everything set up and perfected, and my hard drive literally died in my PC as I went to save the session. Session cannot be saved, so uh, here we are. We're back. Episode 29 is called A Wish of War Orphans, and what a nice title. I really like this episode. This episode was a lot of fun because our three little stooges, Kika... Cats and Let's are the stars of the show today. That's right. The three little kids have been running amok the whole entire time. But we open up with more gunfire and your casual, you know, war stuff going on. So casual that even the Federation soldiers reporting it are kind of like, eh, it happens every day. But that changes because Shar and his crew pull up and take them out. As that is going on, we get to go see what's going on with uh, the white base crew. Another scheduled bombing, is it? Well, in any case, it's nothing to be concerned about. Now, the White Base's crew organization will remain as it is now. You will join the 13th Autonomous Corps, the Tianum Fleet. <clears throat> I will now announce each of your ranks and you will answer when I call your name. Lieutenant Junior Grade Bright Noah. Sir. Ensign Mirai Yashima. Sir. Petty Officer Sailor Mass. Sir. Before we've had a chance to think about it, We've been made into soldiers. Chief Petty Officer Amuro Ray. Sir. Corporal Kai Shiden. Sir. Corporal Hayato Kobayashi. Sir. I haven't received anything like this since my grade school diploma. It looks so boring. What good will this do? Private First Class Frau Bo. Private Frau Bo? Isn't she here? Where is she? No! Hmm? Let her go! Get out of here! Please excuse me. No way! I'm not leaving White Base! Me neither! Same here! (laughs) What exactly was that all about? Well, I've explained to the children they can't stay on White Base anymore, but they refuse to go to the orphanage. That's no excuse. I do have some expertise in this area. Why don't you let me talk to them? Would you help me try and find them? Yes, ma'am. You might want to receive your appointment first. Uh, Sir. Ryu Jose has been promoted two ranks for courage beyond the call of duty. He's been appointed Lieutenant Junior Grade. Other white base casualties have also been promoted two ranks. That is all. Promoted two ranks? Promoted two ranks? So what? A promotion. Is... is that all? Is that all they get? Huh? Uh, a promotion is all that they receive? Just bump them up a couple ranks, that's all? What? What exactly are you saying? Well, you really don't do anything for us while we're out fighting, and afterwards you hand out ranks. Couldn't you at least say thank you to Ryu and the others for their sacrifice? Amaro, that's enough. How dare you! Don't you realize I'm trying to discipline you? 
Dodge it again and I'll throw you in a cell! What? <clears throat> well, you do say things you shouldn't. You need to be straightened out every once in a while. Yeah, I get the message. Let's just drop it. So what about the kids? How are they doing? The child care officer convinced them to go with her. She told them the facility had lots of things to play with. <laughs> I wonder, do you think those kids really will be happy if we decide to leave them here? Of course they will. You know they'll adjust to whatever place they end up. That's not true. You must be joking. I'm serious. We've got no choice. They've got to stay behind. How come? It's just not right. No children should see the horrors that we've seen. I guess you're right. So what happened in that scene, that's a pretty long clip. There's like three minutes of content. One, everybody's getting their rank and filing and figuring out where they're going to be within the new system that is the white base. On top of that, we find Ryu gets a two-rank promotion even in uh, his passing. And that pisses Amara off because what's the point of him getting that promotion? That's all he's going to get. He put He paid the ultimate cost to be here in a fight in this war, and that's all you guys can give him. And I agree. I think he went about it the right way, especially as somebody who he even points out they are forced to be in this war without really an option. Because remember, they were going to court-martial all these people because they are civilians that were operating top-secret military technology at the time. But now they're basically begging them to pilot the damn thing and figure it out for the Federation. And I think Amro's right, and he's justified in his anger. He does get slapped, which, you know, sometimes it is what it is. You got to got to take your licks and uh, if you can give them. But Frau also gives him that little talk about um, sometimes he needs that, which I think Amro is the kid that does need a proper smacking every now and then to get through to him. But like I said, the star of the show, the three kids and the three kids are learning that, hey, y'all can no longer be on white base. Y'all got to go. And that kind of devastates them. They don't want to go at first, but they do some convincing. And Amar even had that line where these kids shouldn't have to see the things that we have to go through. Because remember, Amro, Frau, and everybody else, their children are young adults as well. They're not that old. Bright Noah's 19 right now. So, like, there's a lot going on. And these are kids leading kids at this point in time. And, uh... The kids eventually decide that they're going to leave and go partake in their new life on the base. Shar and crew are infiltrating and moving to the next target. They leave the little Zakus where they're at or their suits and they start walking on foot. And then we cut to the kids having fun and enjoying what is their new life. But that joy doesn't last very long. are so childish. <gasps> What's your problem? Children are supposed to be childish, right? Playing around like that just makes the grown-ups happy. Don't you know that? That's not true. You take that back. Don't have to. Stick around here. You'll understand. Mm -hmm. Don't you know a war's going on out there? I could care less. All I do is sit around in this boring old place just waiting until my mommy and daddy can come back here. What? See how you feel. Let's go, Frelpo. I want to go. I want to go back to the ship. Mm, <laughs> you see that kid? She's blowing her brains out. It's all your 
out, kids. <gasps> it's her. Let's run. Mm-hmm. Kika, let's go. Come on. Okay. Huh? Hey, come back here, kids. Cats, let's Kika. Don't go. <laughs> <laughs> You kids, please don't go down there. Please answer me, Kika. Cats, let's. What am I going to do? As a child of a parent in the military, I understand the depressed kid's standpoint. However, he did ruin the moment. The kids are finally getting to play, run around, slides on some slides. They get juice and ice cream from a robot. Who wouldn't want juice and ice cream from a robot? Like, tell me that's not the dream right there. And then the kid comes in like, oh, you know, they just want the adults to be happy. You know, we got to sit here and wait for our family to get back and blah, blah, blah. And then he uses that word. He uses mom and dad. And it sets Kika off because she then realizes her parents aren't coming back. For those who don't realize, her parents died in like episode one. Like all three of those kids, their their parents are are gone. And now on top of them being gone and remembering that they're gone, she wants Frau, and Frau is nowhere nearby. Her brother, which I think the brother that punches him is cats. He punches that kid and puts him straight and like tells him to, to F off and don't do that and say that and trying to be a good big brother. But nothing beats the nice warm hug of a mom or a dad or a, a, any family member that is alive. And unfortunately, these kids don't have it. So after hearing this and going through these emotions, as a child does, they run away. And they just so happen to run away to the one place where Shar and his crew are heading where the gems are being held what's also funny is that a dude is sitting in his suit literally sitting in his suit and he sees the kids he's like what the hell are these kids doing imagine being in a 20 ton death machine and you hear little pitter patter feet on top of your head like are those kids like and also what's even more fucked up is that when they're going to the base the soldiers catch the kids. They tie them up and put like a makeshift gag over their mouth with bandanas and say, all right, the bombs are going off in 30 minutes. They left kids in there to die with these suits. Like, come on. It's not, these aren't soldiers. These are literal babies, maybe nine years old tops. And you're doing this. Oh brother, you guys are fucked up in the head, man. But, um, got a little ahead there, but, Shar and them are getting the got the information and they start planning the charges and that's when they see the kids. Frau wanting to see the kids again heads back to the daycare center and she ends up running into the guard. The guard's like, oh, the kids are gone. It's Frau and I believe Sayla. I'm not sure if Mirai's there, but Mirai eventually shows up later in the episode. So they're going to go look for the kids as well as they're tied up. And then Omro, Bright, and Pals are about to go to the gun facility that just so happens to be the one with the bombs put on it. Bright can't make it due to a meeting, which we'll find about that meeting later on. But I got this clippy clip for y'all. I did it! Cats, hurry! I can talk! We gotta get rid of those Xeon bombs! Right. Cats, Kika, look under here! Okay! 
did you find any? <sighs> no, not one. I hope they don't explode on us. Oh, my goodness. We gotta find them. I found one. What? what? This one's a bomb, right? Here, too. Here, too. I can do it. I did it! It started! All right, next I gotta do this. No, that wasn't it. That was Kika, Cats, and Let's. Really? What are those kids doing around here? Well, we better go after them. Our three little stooges aren't so stoogy after all. These kids really took the initiative to not only free themselves and not just run away, they found the bombs that were placed and were going to dispose of them to the point to where they took a golf cart or whatever to go drive. They don't know how to drive. They're, they're little children. And they're driving. And they're not just driving. They're driving bombs. They had to pull the bombs off. Pull the bombs. And put them in the cart. And then drive. Like, what is happening? Like, these aren't just little kiddos. These are fucking soldiers now, man. I'm with it, though. Because, like, they show initiative. Like, they, they, they took what they learned from being on white bases. That, and, and they say it in a couple episodes before, too. Everybody has their part to play, and they're not gonna just take a free ride. They don't say it that way, but it was when, um, oh, two episodes ago when Kai and Mihari were on the ship, and the kids get blown out, and they're like, oh, get blown back. They're like, oh, you guys need to go and get the safety. He's like, no, we gotta put up the fires. We gotta do our part. Like, these kids aren't just normal children. They are, unfortunately, children of war, and they, they've grown up to to be okay with working and like I'm not against it but it just shows that the level of maturity and the responsibility that are put on all these kids not just the three we're talking about now but Amaro, Frau, Sayla and everybody everybody has to grow up really quickly and has to become more adult than they should be at their current age which is a not a neat point but kind of sad because it proves that this is taken away so much. Because even when they talked about their parents being gone, the war is affecting everybody. Families, kids, the people that are fighting. Nobody is safe. The war touches it all. And you're seeing it slowly pan out to like everyday aspects and facets of life to where these aren't even normal children anymore. They're not. But Amro... Uh, Kai and Hayata find the kids. They save them. 
uh, because they're driving and they don't know how to stop. Um, Kai, once again, we've gone from being Kai haters to Kai supporters. Kai helps the kids get onto their cart as Amro drives the cart and then heroically jumps out and the cart blows up, thus stopping the attack on the general gym facility. But we're not done because Shar and crew have initiating attack as well. So Amro and crew go over to the battlefield and get ready for that. As that's going on, Sayla and Mirai are still shouting out for the kids. And lo and behold, Sayla finds her brother. And look what we have here. Hey, those guys are... Forces. Will you quit the Federation forces for me, Artesia? Sayla, are you there? Watch out! You must quit! Castball! <sighs> Sayla! Children, where are you? Sayla. Kika! Uh, uh, hi, I heard a gunshot. Did you see a Zeon soldier, Mirai? Didn't you see? There was a Zeon officer standing here on this rock. You didn't notice him there? I didn't. We should probably uh, move away from this area then. <sighs> Sailor gets a little starstruck by seeing her brother, so much so he calls him by his actual government name of Casbold. She's in disbelief because she can't believe that the brother that she grew up with is now the somewhat murderous, well, very murderous monster that he is today. And Shar kind of takes pleasure in it, but also plays the role really well. Like, Sayla doesn't want that to be him, and she even says it out loud, but Shar's kind of playing it up. And unfortunately, that is the path Shar's chosen for himself and the one that continues to go down. And I do find it funny that Sayla played dumb after getting caught by Mirai, I believe. Stating that, oh, yeah, uh, did you not see that soldier? Like, oh, no, I didn't see that soldier. Dog, he was two feet away. Mira takes a mental note of that, but we got to remember, Sayla still has her identity under wraps. They don't know that she is an heir to the Zeon throne and that her brother, who is Shar, is also an heir to the throne. So that cover is still under wraps, and she doesn't want them to know because she'll be seen as a traitor, most likely, and wants to keep her skin. But we get a really quick battle between Amro and Char, which really, Char loses an arm, but Amro takes out four little uh, grunts, essentially. And Char once again gives him more compliments. But to wrap the episode up, we get this little moment here after the battle is done. I understand how you feel. However, please be assured that they'll be safe here. Besides, children are brought up in this place with special care since they're the future of the Federation. Safe? Even after what happened today? I'm sorry, but if I were to put myself in their shoes, I'm not sure they'd... I think... 
You say kids are the future of the Federation forces, but you gotta consider the possibility that they'll see peace in their lifetime with no Zeon and no Federation forces. Can't you even see that as a possibility? You gotta understand, these little guys really aren't your average children. They're poor war orphans who have no other place to go. They've stuck with us inside Seven and seen some terrible things that you couldn't even imagine. But even so, they've still found a home at the White Base. We're family. You gotta understand their feelings. These kids want to stay. Isn't that right? Uh-huh. But, but they... I suppose you're probably right. I'll approve it and make all the necessary arrangements. Yeah! Oh, thank you! It's so wonderful! <laughs> that's great! Now we can bicker again like always! Oh, that's good. That's right. Because of the latest guerrilla attack by Shar, the Earth Federation forces decided to speed up their military operations in outer space. The Admirals have figured out that the Zeons are overestimating the real potential of White Base. Therefore, White Base would be an ideal decoy. You're saying that the 13th Autonomous Corps, that they'll specialize in decoy operations, sir? We get a really good quote from Amro there talking about maybe these kids can witness peace in their time. And overall, it's a really nice way to wrap up the episode. Um, really shows that the kids are indeed part of the family, according to the Fast and Furious franchise I've been watching the last couple weeks. Uh, that's I just wanted to say that line. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for those who waited this long for me to say that. But uh, yeah, the, the kids are part of the crew. They're they're part of White Base. They're not your normal kids. They even say they're they're war orphans. It's not like. They, they wouldn't be able to have a normal life if they wanted to at this point in time. And that their family is the white base crew. And even though there's a chance they could die, there's a chance they could lose limbs, that's who they need to be with. And that's the crew needs the kids as much as the kids need them. And I think that that's a very important like point they brought home, is that they both need each other. That they're all that they got. And and I, I really enjoy that message because it gives a little more humanity and humanizing the situation a little bit more. But I am going to end the episode soon. And by soon, I mean wrapping it up right now. Overall, I think that, that episode was really fun. That was that was a fun episode right there. Um, I'm, I'm glad the little kiddos got some shine. Maybe we should grow up and be, you know, adults at some point in time. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, yeah, uh, to wrap things up, just want to let y'all know. Just be nice to each other. Look out for each other out there. Shit's weird. Shit's hard. People are trying to strip away our rights and make us do things that we don't want to do or succumb to some religious, zealous, holy war that they have going on that shouldn't even be allowed in politics. But here we fucking are having to do this. I'm on an anime podcast telling y'all to please watch out for each other and have each other's backs out there because we're all we got right now. Um, be nice to each other, even if you don't agree with somebody or what they say. You know, don't don't hate them, don't antagonize them. Just meet them from a place of love and understanding and caring, and, and treat them the right way until they show you otherwise. Um, be sure that you're out there doing what you need to do to help make a difference. If it's in your community, if it's globally, nationally, whatever the fuck you're doing, 
make sure you're doing the right thing. Uh, remember, not all money is good money. And, and make sure that you're putting people on a pedestal that you want to be like and that you support and that can help your community grow. Um, it's getting hot. I'm going to bounce. Y'all stay nice. Stay, stay, stay warm out there. Please follow the show. Hit us up on socials and everything. Um, don't forget to share the show and let your friends find out. The more people find out, the more people tap in, the more views we get. Boom, the, to the moon we go, baby. But yeah, stay hydrated out there, and I'll catch y'all later. And once again, no, thank you for the banging-ass intro and outro. I'll see y'all in a few weeks. tell me how I should do my job.